Welcome to the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast, episode 343. Hello, everyone. Tom Brissell here. Thank you so much for joining us. We say it every episode. We're glad you're here with us, especially so today. Our special guest today joins us. Actually, he's out in the state of Idaho right now. He's one of the great players on the PGA Tour and one of the great guys on the PGA Tour. Brought to us by our friends at Bridgestone Golf, Mr. Matt Kuchar. Cooch, thanks so much for joining us, my friend. It's great to great to be with you. Yeah, Tom. Thank you very much for having me on. It's uh, hey, great, great to hear from you. And you, you're right. We're, we're out in Idaho. We're uh, go up to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is way up north. And typically get some, some fantastic summer days that uh, we, we get up here. And it, the best way I've ever heard this place described is it's, it's like uh, – going and taking your kids to summer camp and getting to stay. And so I've always felt like I've, uh, I've wanted to be that kid that never grew up. And so, uh, you know, I, I feel lucky I get to play the game of golf for a living and uh, trying to chase these long summer days sure are fun as well. Oh, Matt, that's a great segue into my first question because so many of our listeners have told us they'd like to know how you guys, you guys on tour individually, fell in love with this great game. Did you start it young? Did you start it later? Did you play multiple sports? Who introduced you? Tell us a little bit about how you fell in love with the game of golf, Matt. Yeah, sure thing, Tom. So, so my dad played college tennis and then continued playing tournament tennis afterwards. And when I came around, I tagged along the tennis scene. And when I was growing up, I wanted to be Boris Becker when I grew up. I remember I was probably, I don't know, not nine, 10 years old. And Boris Becker was 17 diving around the course of Wimbledon and, and won Wimbledon at the age of 17 and thought that's, that's who I want to be when I grow up. Uh, and then at some point I took to basketball and was playing AAU basketball. And I wanted to be magic Johnson when I grew up. And then, uh, I think I was 12 and mom as, as dad's Christmas present upgraded our membership. We were just tennis members at the local country club, uh, she upgraded dad to full country club golf privileges and dad took me out. I tagged along to the golf course and, and both of us got hooked and we kind of gave up tennis for a long time. And, and then I wanted to be like Phil Mickelson when I grew up. And so that, uh, that, that last one stuck and I, uh, feel, feel lucky to now be able to call Phil a friend and, um, cool to be kind of following him along and, Tell you, I sent him a, uh, a text after after his win at the PGA at Kiowa and said, "Man, you continue to be an inspiration at, at you know 50 or 51 years old to still be winning." And uh, here I am, 43, thinking, "Man, it's you know still still very very doable and, and so cool to see a guy like Phil Mickelson still doing so well." Matt, a couple of memories that I'd like to just kind of bounce off of you that uh, share some thoughts. Where the first one was, I think the first time the world really saw you, and that was. What, 98 Masters, you were low amateur, and you had the Georgia Tech gear on, and you're in the cabin with Jim Nance and Fred Couple. Talk, talk about that. That was, that was something that really, that really sticks in my mind. Yeah, it's amazing the, the, the scope of, of the Masters tournament, just, just how big it is and what it, what it means to people. And I still, I must get two, three people a week that come up and tell me the story of how they first saw me, that they were there, they remember first seeing me on TV at 98, I was a 19 year old kid, uh, sophomore at Georgia tech going along at masters. And, uh, I mean, just for, for anybody playing, playing the masters tournament, playing Augusta national is, is a dream come true. And, and for me, you know, it really was, was a dream come true to, to be able to play. And 
then to be able to play well as well was just a, an incredible experience, incredible week. It was one where you know, I had this huge smile beaming uh, kind of ear to ear. And it was one of those times where how, how could you not uh, playing, playing the Masters tournament and playing well? It was just, it was an amazing experience for sure. Yeah, I think that's when the world fell in love with you. I think when the world was pulling for you was 2012 at TPC Sawgrass at the Players' Championship when you won, you know, the championship of the tour players. Share with us how, about that week. Yeah, what an event that is. Uh, and people ask, you know, favorite events, and I say, well, let's, let's just put the majors aside. Uh, I got to throw the, the, the players has has every bit the feel of the buzz of a of a major it's it's on a course that you know, is arguably one of the toughest tests of golf we see all year uh then it's it's such a memorable unique challenge and it's it's a course where you get anybody can win a a fred funk can win and then your, your bombers your uh your long hitters your tigers your jason days your your, your guys that can really hit it long way your davis loves um and, uh, so it's, it's one of those courses where everybody on tour goes there feeling like they have a chance to, to win. I feel like you, you get one of the, the best tests of golf and you certainly have, I, I would say the best field in golf. Um, you know, it's not a, not a limited field, not a small field. You've got nothing but kind of the, the top players in the game of golf are there. Uh, and so to, to come out on top of that one, and I always tell people, no matter the event, if you're at a PGA tour event and you're, you're there receiving the trophy Sunday, you feel like you've, you are the best player in the world at that moment. You feel like you've gone up against the, the best players in the world on a tough test. And then when it's, it's the players championship, it, it, it really has that feeling. Um, and so what, what an incredible feeling there's, there's a feeling of joy and there's a feeling of relief. Um, you know, there's so much stress that goes on at, at a tournament and to kind of to kind of be able to overcome that stress, to be, be still, still there kind of holding on and, and, and come away with a title is just, it's an incredible feeling of joy and an incredible feeling of relief at the same time. Yeah. Like Augusta it, for the fans, they see it every year, but unlike Augusta, you know, the fans, many of the fans have actually played this course. So when they're seeing what you're doing out there, they can relate to you and what you're doing. Like, agree. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is cool. I think on both sides to have, have new courses, people, people love to see something that, that they've not seen, but I think there's that nice familiarity that you get with Augusta national, you get with the players and then that, uh, that amazing finish. And I think everybody knows that 16, 17, 18, that, that reachable risk reward par five of 16, the Island green 17, and then 18 with the water all down the left, you know, you just have to execute a couple great shots and it is, um, it's just such an exciting finish in golf and so memorable. And, and because we do, we see it every year, people know it. And you're right. It's, it's a place where the public can go play. Uh, and I, I, I don't always fully recommend it. Like it is a hard, hard golf course. Be, be prepared to bring you know, a lot of golf balls there, but uh, it is, it is one. I think every, everybody should do at least once and, and, and try to hit, you know, 17th is one of those holes. Like anytime you play, everybody wants to know how'd you do on 17, and it, did you hit the green? Did, how many balls did it take you to hit the green? That, that sort of thing is, it's a uh, definitely a, a very unique, very special place. One final one, Coach. Four years later, and I think you know where I'm going with this. 2016, Rio de Janeiro. You're the first and only American at the time to ever medal at the Olympics. You're representing your country. Talk about what that meant to you to get picked for the team and then finish the way you did. 
Yeah, shoot. They just, just to qualify for the Olympics was amazing. So I, I, like I said, just been a fan of sport and when Olympics comes on that, you know, with that, uh, only happening one every four years, you just, you, I think the heart grows fonder with that absence. And, and so you miss it for those four years. And when it comes on, I just, I am riveted by, by every sport, uh, and was somewhat bummed out that the sport I chose as my profession was, was not an Olympic sport. So I, I was there sitting dreaming and, and knowing that dream probably wasn't going to come true for me to, to participate in the Olympics. And then all of a sudden golf gets elected to, uh, to, to, to be a new coming sport in the Olympics and thinking, man, that is going to be a, a thing I really would love to check off the list and, and qualify for them. Fortunately, I was able to, uh, to, to qualify, become part of the, the, the team in Rio. And then, you know, even more amazing to, to, to medal. Um, and they say, you early on and I don't think you, you quite understand before your first one they say once an Olympian always an Olympian and then as time goes on it, it really does mean something I think you, you see everybody that's, that's participated without what what fondness they have for it uh, and for me that, that, that definitely does ring true that once an Olympian always an Olympian you know, you, you just, you, you feel like there's a, a real sense of pride that you completed. You represented your country. I told somebody earlier, uh, one, one of the cool experiences of any of the, my, my, my events where you represent the United States. So let's, let's call any of the cup teams or, or the Olympics showing up to your, your hotel room and, and seeing all your gear and your gear is laid out in the closet and you've got, you know, all your golf shirts with the USA patch on the sleeve. And it, it just, kind of automatically beam with pride knowing you're going out there to compete for the United States of America. Uh, it's a, it's a great, great feeling. Well, one of our guests last year was a young man, Xander Shoffley. What do you tell him now? Wow. So excited. Uh, what a great, great guy. We've been on uh, a couple, a couple teams now together. So spent some good time. It's amazing that the, the bonds you form when you're on these teams, you get to spend you know, true quality time and you're, you're really there supporting each other. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't, think of a, a nicer, better guy as well as w- what a great, great player he is. So, so happy for him. Um, we just had the, uh, the, the Stanley cup come through the club. I'm at in Idaho. Uh, coach John Cooper of the Tampa Bay lightning is a member here of this club. And he brought the Stanley cup up and, and to see all the people just ooh and ah over it. And the amount of time it took John to kind of go through everybody to, to, to give them their moment with the cup. You know, it was was amazing to see his his patience with it, his his ability to uh, you know make everybody feel special. I know Xander's got that coming. Showing off, you know, Olympic medal and Olympic gold is just going to be one of those things he will do thousands, or if not hundreds of thousands of times. And uh, I know that you know every time I, I showed it off, it, it was it was very cool. It's certainly t- time consuming, but what an amazing thing. Uh, yeah, I should be so, so proud. I know Xander's got an amazing story with his dad that, uh, kind of, kind of makes his meddling even more special. Uh, but he, uh, I, I think he'll do, do a great job. He's one of those guys that, you know, will, uh, carry on the tradition awfully well and, and be one of those guys that will represent, you know, the game, the Olympics, everything in, in the highest order. And, uh, I'm awfully happy that that it happened for Xander. Well, Matt, you're brought to us by our friends and your friends at Bridgestone Golf. You've got a great and a long relationship with Bridgestone Golf. It's pretty special. Talk about that relationship. 
started started a long time ago, uh, right around 2000 and 2001. Uh, at at that time, uh, the golf ball world was just starting to, to to really change, and it was going away from the wound golf ball to the solid three piece golf ball. So it used to be you'd, you'd cut open a golf ball, and all the rubber bands would go everywhere, and you'd get to this soft kind of gel filled core, and it was just changing to a to a solid three-piece golf ball, uh, core, mantle, cover type of type of composition. And um, Bridgestone had been making that ball for I, I don't know how long. Nick Price had been playing a, a version that was uh, under the Bridgestone umbrella under the name Preset back in the day. And Nick Price had been playing that style of ball for, for several years. And so Bridgestone was just hands down the leader in that golf ball technology in that, that world at that time. So it was an easy decision for me coming out of school, turning pro, uh, deciding I want to play the very best equipment I could. And, and the golf ball was the first thing you want to check off. And, and I tested them all, and it was a no-brainer. And I, I, I got to be honest, I've been, I've been with Bridgestone now 20 years, and I still feel like they're total leaders in the game of, of golf, particularly with the golf ball technology side of things. But then to have Tiger Woods making his comeback into golf, and he is now looking for – to play the very best equipment. Uh, when Tiger Woods decides to play the Bridgestone golf ball, it's not because he gets paid an extra million dollars than what somebody else did. He's not looking for an extra million dollars. He's looking to come back and be the very best player he can be. And so there's a huge amount of um, uh, just kind of certification. When, when, when you get a guy like Tiger deciding, yes, this is the best ball, it, it kind of reaffirms, yes, it is. And then you get the scientist of Bryson DeChambeau putting the golf ball through all these crazy tests that he puts it through. And there's a, I guess validation is, is the word I'm looking for. There's this real validation that yes, this, this, this really is the best. Now I'd, in my mind, I, I know it. I've played it. I, I don't do the, the, the crazy testing that, that Bryson would do. Uh, but you know, we're, we're given access on the range to all these different balls. And where I really see it is around the, the chipping green where, where guys, everybody takes their own balls over the chipping green and they, they kind of scatter their balls about. And so when the balls get kind of picked back up, they get picked up in a, in a big pile and I'll just, I'll run through my, my little pack of balls uh, that I'm chipping with. And I'll just grab some of the, the, the bunches that are out there. So I, I'm always hitting random golf balls on the, on the chipping green. I cannot tell you just in chipping how much I can, I can tell and feel. And so when I'm, when I'm out on the tour and I'm just hitting other balls, I go, how do these guys compete with these other golf balls? Like it's just, it, it's some, sometimes it's, it's mind boggling that these guys are, are, are playing the balls that they do. But, uh, Part of me says, "Well, good. <laughs> good. I got, <laughs> I got a little bit more of an advantage uh, playing this Bridgestone golf ball." So, I've been, I've been really, really proud of that relationship. It's been a, been a long running, great relationship, and and one that, yeah, I feel awfully confident that I'm playing the the best equipment possible. Matt, when Bridgestone does come out with a new ball periodically, is it something you jump right into? Do you test it? T- tell us about that. So it's a pretty long, um, long process to get something. Uh, that they they determine is is better one uh, what what they think is better and then two what we as players think is better uh, it, it is a a long process and you kind of think all right what 
they, they ask us all the time, you know, how, how can we make it better? And, and you keep thinking each ball going, holy cow, it's better. I don't know what else you can do. Typically as players, you want something that'll go as far as possible, yet spin as much as possible. And to try to combine those two seems like the, the impossible task. Uh, and yet they, they continue to continue to do it. Uh, and it's a, it's a head scratcher. How you, how you make a ball go further and you know, still have more, even more control around the green. So, uh, it's, it's above my pay grade. I think Bryson might be able to tell you a little bit more as to what, what goes into the science behind, you know, creating a golf ball that's, that's, uh, goes further, spins more, um, and then is as consistent as it is. And I think that's probably the biggest plus of Bridgestone is, is the consistency. And we test in all these different conditions, playing mainly in the wind where you really see it, whether it's the dimple configuration and just you can tell by the flight compared to other golf balls that just the ball holds its line, goes through the wind better, where, where you see others get, get pushed around a little bit more by, by different elements and different conditions. I feel like Bridgestone's really got the, the uh, upper hand with, with just the, the, the sheer level of consistency that they, they have with their golf ball. Hey, Coach, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your schedule, your family, and everything to join us today. Final question for you is we, we put a bow on this episode, but you've got, what, 22 years out there? You're, you're nowhere near done yet, but when you do hang the clubs up, and that's a tough way to put it, but when you do, how would you like to be remembered when it's all over with? Oh, that's a tricky one. I, I certainly, um, a guy got it, love, love playing the game. Um, and it's one of those things like, I, I don't, I don't ever foresee myself hanging them up. Uh, I'm sure, you know, there'll come a time where I, uh, yeah, I, I'm no longer competitive out on the regular tour and, and, and gravitate towards the champions tour. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm a guy that, uh, l- loved playing, um, uh, and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's a, it's a tricky one uh, other than just brought, you know, brought, brought some joy to the game and had a, had a love for the game is, is probably my, my, what I, what I still feel most passionate about. I just, I, I still am addicted to it. I still feel like the game, like I was a kid. I, I, I love playing. I, I now have the opportunity to play a bunch with my two boys and I'm, I'm really enjoying that experience. Um, but when, when the game is, is, is going well, when you're playing well, you can't wait to continue playing. And, and I feel like when, when you're not playing well, you can't wait to go fix it. You can't wait to go make things better. And so I'm still, I'm still a junkie for it. still love being out there, um, good or bad. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's still golf's got its, uh, got its talents around me. And, and I, I still love, love trying to figure out ways to get better. Cooch, all the best, man. Thanks for taking the time and, and sharing those memories with us and, uh, and, uh, and spending these minutes with us. It's been a lot of fun. All the best down the road, and hopefully we can do it again. All right, Tom. Thanks for having me on. I don't know that you'll get a bigger and better endorsement of any golf ball, any brand of golf ball, than we did just then from Matt Kuchar on the Bridgestone Golf Ball. An analogy he threw out there, if Tiger Woods is making his comeback and he can play any ball on the planet – and he's picked the Bridgestone ball. Uh, that speaks volumes. Well, special thanks to Matt Kuchar for joining us and to Bridgestone Golf for lining that up and to you, our listeners. And we'll do it again next time when we have another episode of the Worldwide Golf Shops Insider Podcast here at WorldwideGolfShops.com. So long, everyone.